Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> Are we good to go? Okay, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday. Welcome to church. So excited to be sharing this message with you today to be, con to be continuing with this amazing series, Things That Jesus Didn't Say. Today is the last, the fifth Sunday of this month and the last Sunday of this series. And today we're going to be looking at something else that Jesus did not say. Jesus did not say, and I'm so thankful for this, be ye perfect because you get what you deserve. Praise the Lord. So let's pray to begin this morning. Hallelujah. Because we want to go where Holy Spirit wants us to go. We want to follow him. Amen. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence with us. Hallelujah. Wherever we are this morning as we listen. God, we thank you for eyes to see and ears to hear, Lord, the things that you are revealing to us amidst this message this morning and the things that you are saying to us, Lord. We love how you do that, Holy Spirit, and we welcome that this morning, the way that you make relevant the message, the way that you show us ourselves in the message. Hallelujah. After all, this message is for each and every one of us, so we need you, Holy Spirit, to do that work for us, for you to help us to see, hallelujah, what you have for each and every one of us in the message today. So we welcome you. We thank you for your presence. We need you here. We want you here. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. We're here for you. And we thank you for your leading. We thank you for this message, bless the Lord, and the ministry in this message this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the things. God has things to say. Hallelujah. He always has something wonderful to say, and he always has things that he desires to impart to us. Amen. So we are looking for both this morning, and we are receiving. Hallelujah. All that say, I am receiving everything that God has for me this morning. Amen. Bless the Lord. So I want to begin with a, a story. This is a true story. This is a story that happened to me a couple of weeks ago. Hallelujah. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's so good how God provides and uh, how I'm able to use this story for this message today. So let me tell you what happened. Basically, I was in my car driving along and came up to a stoplight. And the light was red, so, you know, I stopped my car and waited at the red light. And while I was waiting for the light to turn green, I did something, bless the Lord, I reached over into my bag and I grabbed out my cell phone because I was waiting for a response to a message. So just quickly, I thought, you know, while I was, my car was stopped and I was waiting at the red light that I would check to see very quickly if, in fact, this person had responded to my message. Bless the Lord. So how many of you know in that moment, in that nanosecond, when I picked up my phone to look, I also happened to look out my window on the other side, the right side of my car, and next to me at the light was also another car, but it was a very significant car. It was a police car. And in that moment that I picked up, that very brief moment, I have to add, that I picked up that phone, he saw me. 
And I know that he saw me because he gave me one of those looks. He gave me that stern look, which most definitely let me know that he saw me, that he saw that I had that phone in my hand. And so in that moment, I think he even like, you know, shook his head and he made some kind of gesture. I thought basically, you know, that what he was saying is, as soon as this light turns green, <laughs> I just want you to know that I'm going to be pulling you over was the kind of gesture that I thought that he was making. But in that moment, I think I did something, you know, I think I literally did something like, you know, I, I, I basically was pleading in that moment as I, it all happened so quickly. I looked over at him and I think I even mouthed the word mercy <laughs> in that moment. Bless the Lord, because how many of you know I needed mercy in that moment? And he just kind of looked at me and then he literally looked straight ahead. He kind of looked the other way, looked straight ahead. And when the light turned green, I was turning left and I went on my way and he continued straight and he let me go. Praise the Lord. So I didn't get what I deserved. In that moment, I don't know if you know the law on cell phone use in cars, but I looked it up after that. In that moment, what I actually deserved was a $1,000 fine, three demerit points, and a three-day driving suspension. But because of the mercy that that police officer bestowed on me, praise the Lord, I didn't get any, anything that I deserved, and he let me go, and I was free. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy, for the mercy of the police officer, for your mercy, God. Hallelujah. So it ended well, bless the Lord. But all of that to say, that reminds me so much of what Jesus did for us. Because of the work of the cross, because Jesus took our place, he took what we, in fact, deserve and we get what he deserves, amen? So he took, what did he take for us? He took our sickness, he took our disease, he took our shame, he took our condemnation, humiliation, anxiety, stress, brokenness, separation from the Father, which was the worst of it all, death, and even went to hell in our place. He took all that we, he was without sin, and he took all of that for us so that we could get what he in his sinlessness deserves. And what is that? And what do, what do we get? And all we have to do is receive. This has already been made available to us. We get health spirit, soul, and body. We get wholeness. We get his soundness. We get his peace. We get his reconciliation with the Father, which is the best part. We get his life. We get eternity in heaven with the Father. We get sanctification, justification, the righteousness of God, redemption. Hallelujah. We get all that he deserves. Be, yes, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is a good time to shout. Because he took what we actually deserve. Someone had to pay the price. It's not that the price didn't have to be paid. The price did, in fact, have to be paid. 
But Jesus stepped in and paid the price on our behalf, took what we deserved so that we freely today can take, take what he in fact deserves. Amen. Bless the Lord. And according to, according to Hebrews 10, 14, he in fact made us perfect. So this is what we want to kind of emphasize this morning is this word perfect. And what does that, we were made perfect in Christ. He made us perfect in him. But what does that actually mean? You know, talking about that, when we think about that video that we just saw, a lot of times when we don't understand what the word means, what God means, you know, the, the heart of God is oftentimes so grossly misunderstood because we don't understand the word. We don't take the time for ourselves often to go and to dig and to meditate on the word and find out what it actually means. Find out what the heart of God actually means. That word means complete. Hallelujah. We were made complete in Jesus. It means finished. It means lacking nothing necessary to completeness. It means accomplished. It doesn't mean without sin. When the Bible says, this, this is huge, another place where often, you know, people uh, get some misunderstanding and God is misunderstood is in Matthew 5, 48, the word says, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. And that word, we have to understand the Bible always in context. What that's talking about is in that scripture, the context is love your enemies. Bless the Lord. So when we only love those who love us, when we only love the lovable ones, when we only love our family and friends, hallelujah, and people that are nice to us and maybe give us things, but we don't love our enemies or we don't love those who are unlovely or unlovable to us, then what God is saying is we are not being perfect, perfect or complete in our love. Amen. So that word more times than not in scripture means complete. It doesn't mean sinless. It doesn't mean never making a mistake. It doesn't mean never doing, you know, not doing things perfectly. That word perfect most often means complete. Amen. Hebrews 10, 14 in the Amplified, and then we're going to scoot down to 17 says, for by the, and this in the Amplified, for by the one offering, he has perfected, he being Jesus, has perfected forever and completely cleansed those who are being sanctified, bringing each believer to spiritual completion and maturity. I love the Amplified. It further defines that word perfection for us, bringing each believer to spiritual completion and maturity. Hallelujah. He then says, and their sins and their lawless acts I will remember no more, no longer holding their sins against them. 
This is another reason to shout and to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Their sins, God is saying, and their lawless acts, I will remember no more, no longer holding their sins against them. Our slate has been wiped clean. Amen. But we, all we have to do is receive. First, we have to know it. That's why we got to get the word out. That's why we got to study the word and we have to preach the word and we got to make sure that everybody knows the truth of, what, of the heart of God. Amen. God is love and love forgives. And God is God all the time. God is love all the time. And love forgives all the time. Amen. Jesus has met the standard of perfection on our behalf. Hallelujah. It's not about us striving. It's not about performing. It's not about never making a mistake, never falling, never missing it. It's about receiving. This is key. It's just about receiving. Now that you know, just take what is yours. Receive what Jesus suffered and died and paid for in full. Hallelujah. When we think about that word, and Jesus said, it is finished. That means in full. The price was paid in full. There's nothing more for us to do but receive. We just take it by faith. Amen. Just like we took our salvation by faith. Hallelujah. God treated Jesus as if he had committed believer sins. And treats believers as if they did only the righteous deeds of the sinless son of God. Jesus got what we deserved. And we get what Jesus deserves. Amen. Romans 8, 1 to 4 in the Passion Translation. I love the Passion Translation. It says, so now the case is closed. Hallelujah. It's, I mean, it's already good. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all, once and for all, condemn the guilt and power of sin. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us. And we are free to live. We are free to live, not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. We have to take what Jesus made available to us and don't look back. Too many people are too many believers are questioning if Jesus did it for them. Too many be believers are questioning if he, I know that Jesus forgave me for that or he took care of that sin, but did he actually take care of this sin? Or I've repented of this sin so many times. Is it actually covered if, you know, because I sinned again in this same area? Take what Jesus did for you and don't look back. Do you know when that police officer let me go? 
bless the Lord, I didn't chase after him and say, are you sure you don't want me to pay that fine? Are you sure you don't want me to pay that $1,000 and three demerit points and three-day driving suspension? Are you sure you want to let me go? I literally said, thank you, see you later, I am out of here, and I hit the road, and I didn't look back. Take what Jesus has made available. It is a free gift of forgiveness, all because God loves us so much. That was, that was the purpose of sending Jesus. He wanted to walk in the garden with man once again. He wanted to be restored. He wanted humanity restored to himself again. God desires relationship with us so much. You know, I, I just love that so much about the heart of God. He couldn't, he couldn't be less than he is. He is God 100% of the time. He couldn't come down to where we were, but you know what he did in his goodness and his love for us? He brought us up to where he is. Amen? Because of his desire for each and every one of us, no matter who we are, no matter where we are, no matter what we've done, whether we just did something or it was 10 years ago or 50 years ago, or umpteen times in the past. No matter. That doesn't matter. God desires to be reconciled. There is a ministry of reconciliation in God. He desires so much to walk in the garden again with man. Amen? And that's why he sent Jesus. So the veil could be removed. So that we, the separation could be removed, the distance could be removed, and we could be face to face with our Father. Amen? And all we have to do is receive that. In Romans 10, 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Very well-known passage in scripture. That word confess with your mouth, though, that word confess means, it's a Greek word, and it means to covenant. When you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you are covenanting yourself to God. You are entering into a covenant with God when you confess that Jesus is your Lord. And in a covenant, both parties get what the other party has. So that means when we confess Jesus as Lord in that moment of salvation... We enter into covenant with God himself and we get everything that God has. God gets everything that we have. He gets the, we get the way better end of that deal, amen? And we get everything that God has, all of the resources, all of the strength, all of the peace, all of the joy, all of the love. We get all that God has all the ability, we get all, all the provision, all that God has when we confess Jesus as Lord, we are actually entering into covenant and we get everything that God has. And God always remembers his covenant. He never forgets his covenant, amen? God is saying, what's mine is yours. 
What's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. And what's mine is yours. I love this because we often say, Jesus, take my life and do something with it. And here's what Jesus said that he's saying. He's saying, take my life and do something with it. That God has made the life of Christ available to us. And he wants us to see that. He wants us to understand that. And he wants to walk that out. Amen. And that includes forgiveness. That includes reconciliation. Amen. Getting what Jesus deserves has nothing to do with doing things perfectly. It has nothing to do with missing it. It has nothing to do with sin. It has nothing to do with falling short. Nothing to do with never making a mistake. Hallelujah. It has everything to do with our covenant with God. We have entered into the new covenant with God when we made Jesus Christ our Lord. And we get that ministry of reconciliation because of our covenant, just because of our covenant. When we miss it, we can enter right back in. When we go to God and we, and we just seek his face and go face to face with God and repent, we can in that moment, you know, God is so quick to forgive. When we miss it, we turn to God and he forgives us quickly, amen. He doesn't hold it against us. He doesn't make us, you know, do so many, do this, that, and the other thing before I'm gonna forgive you. He's so quick to forgive, amen. When we miss it, we just go to God. That's key. That our direction be to the face of the Father. Not anybody else's face, not in any other direction, but to the face of the Father. And God is, when we come with that repentant heart, no matter what we did, no matter how many times we did it, God is quick to forgive. He's faithful to forgive. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. The natural response to sin is to run and hide. We know that from Adam and Eve in the garden. The natural response. And the devil wants to encourage us to do that. The devil wants us to think, right, that we're too far gone. He wants us to think there's no way you can get back from this place. There's no way that you've done too many bad things or you've done the bad thing. That's what the enemy wants us to think. He wants us to think that we're so far gone. He wants, to, he wants us to think that it's too, it's too difficult for us to find our way back to God. That's what he wants to do. He's that, you know, he's, he, this is the, you know, the enemy's mentality is you already ate half the bag of chips. You might as well eat the whole bag. Have you ever been there? That's what he, you know, you already stuck your toe in. You might as well put your whole body in. That's what the enemy, he wants us to get us anywhere but in the face of the father. Because he knows the moment we do that, we will be reconciled to God and we will be back on our path, back in line with our God-given destiny, amen? But Jesus bore our sins, Isaiah 53, five says. So we could not run away from God, but run toward God. In the times when you feel like running from God, those are the times that you need to run to him the most. Amen? Hallelujah. And Jesus made a way so that instead of running from God, that we would run towards him. God's heart is often misunderstood. 
And there's a story which, which illustrates this, of a woman who was driving home alone one night when she noticed a man in a large truck following her. Growing increasingly fearful, she sped up, trying to lose her pursuer, but it was futile. She then exited the freeway and drove up a main street, but the truck stayed with her, even running red lights to do so. In a panic, the woman wheeled into a service station, jumped from the car, and ran inside screaming. The truck driver ran to her car, jerked the back door open, and pulled from the floor behind her seat a man hiding there. The woman was fleeing from the wrong person. She was fleeing from her savior, from her rescuer. The truck driver was pursuing her to save her, even at his own peril. So often we run from God. When we miss it, when we fall into sin, when we err, we run from God because we think that God wants nothing to do with us or we think we're too far gone. But at the same time, this is the heart of God. While we're running in the opposite direction, don't you know that he is running right after us? He is running right after us. God is always pursuing us. He loves us so much. He's always wooing us. He's always calling us back to him. If you, have, if you are in that place right now, bless the Lord. I want to encourage you right now. Just turn from wherever you are. It's not too late. You're not too far gone. It's not that bad. Nothing is too bad for God. Nothing is too far gone. Nothing is too difficult. Nothing is too intense for God. We can't intimidate God with our sin. He's already made a way for us to be reconciled to him. So right now, wherever you are, I just want to encourage you, stop and just turn your face toward God. Because I promise you, he is waiting with open arms, just like the father in the prodigal son. You know that word prodigal doesn't mean lost. It doesn't mean a runaway. It means a squanderer. The prodigal son squandered his property in reckless living. It doesn't mean lost. It doesn't mean what a lot of people think, a runaway. It means to, to, to squander or to be recklessly wasteful. But when he came to himself, the scripture says, the son, the prodigal son came to him after he squandered his inheritance. Bless the Lord, you know we have an inheritance in Christ. And I know not one of us wants to squander. We all want to be good stewards, amen? Hallelujah. But when the Bible says, when the son came to himself, he came to himself, true repentance, hallelujah, always starts with a revelation. True repentance is not just being, about being remorseful, although that is a part of it. That we are truly sorry and we have that repentant heart. We're remorseful for the thing that we did. But it all, there's always a change of heart, a change in thinking. It says the son came to himself. He had a revelation, bless the Lord, which allowed him to wake up one day and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. And he didn't believe that he was worthy of sonship, but he did have enough in him to say, at least I can maybe go home and be treated as a servant. 
The Bible says in verse 19 of that passage, I am no longer worthy to be called your son, says the prodigal. Treat me as one of your hired servants. He believed that he was less than. He didn't believe that he deserved full restoration. He believed that he, that he could be treated as a servant, not good enough to be treated as a son. But he went back. And the Bible says in verse 20, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. That's a beautiful picture of full restoration. Amen. But notice the father's eagerness. I love this to forgive in verse 21. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He doesn't even have time to finish the sentence and tell him what he truly believed. He truly believed, treat me as one of your hired servants is what he believed. He didn't even get time to get that out. The father was so eager to bring him back into that place of restoration to bring him back into that place of relationship. God is so eager. He's not even gonna let you get, you know, your full repentance out, amen? He is so eager to bring you. This is the heart of God. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we are in covenant with. This is the God, hallelujah who has made everything, our full inheritance available to us. He loves us so much that when you turn to him, hallelujah, he is waiting with open arms. He's not waiting like this. He's not waiting to dish out the punishment. That's not the heart of God. God loves us so much that when we turn our face toward him, he is waiting with open arms, just like this beautiful picture in the story of the prodigal son. And the, what does the son get? A robe, a ring, and shoes. And shoes signify, everything in the Bible means something, bless the Lord. Shoes signify full restoration to sonship. Hallelujah. I think about Judas, who betrayed Jesus. And you know, the Bible says he felt remorse. It's not that he didn't feel remorse he did feel sorry for what he did, but he didn't turn his face to Jesus. And I think about that, how, how differently his story might have ended if he had, after that feeling of, of remorse, he had a bit of revelation. He had that feeling of remorse. If he had just turned to Jesus, that his story may have ended differently. And then we have King David, hallelujah, who is well known. I mean, if, if most people know anything about King David, they know that he is considered a man after God's own heart. Hallelujah. He broke half of the Ten Commandments. Bless the Lord. And it's not that God was pleased with David's sin. He was not pleased with David's sin. Because the Bible says that God sent the prophet Nathan to tell David that he wasn't pleased with his sin. But what did David do in that moment? He acknowledged his sin. He said, I have sinned before the Lord. And then, this is key, he didn't run away 
from God. The Bible says that he sought God. He fasted. He worshiped the Lord. He went to the Lord. He turned his face toward the Lord. He ran to the Lord and he received his forgiveness. God remembers his covenant. He had made a covenant with David. It says in 2 Samuel 7:16, God saying to David, your house and your kingdom shall be established forever. Your throne shall be established forever. David ran to the Lord and God always remembers his covenant. He had made a covenant with David and he forgave David, hallelujah. And how many of you know it wasn't just David that was restored, but it was the lineage, this is key, of David that was restored as well. Because God gave David a son who became King Solomon. And he's known as one of the wisest of kings. And he built the temple of the Lord. And then if we follow the lineage of David for generations, some generations after that, it's Jesus that's in the lineage of David. See, the enemy wants you to think that it's just about you, that it's only here and now. It's your sin, you missing it, you're, you're slipping, whatever it is, falling short, that it's only affecting you and it's only right now. And it's not that big a deal, but it's not just you, it's your lineage, hallelujah. God wants to bring restoration to you and he wants to bring restoration to your lineage, just like he did for King David, amen. What is in your lineage? Hallelujah. What's in your lineage? God loves you so much. And that's what this is all about. The price has been paid. You are already forgiven. No matter who you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, you are forgiven. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Don't let the enemy tell you otherwise. You're not too far gone. Turn your face to the Father, because the Father, I promise you, is waiting with open arms to bring you back to that place of relationship and restoration for you and your lineage, for your descendants that come after you. Amen. God is so good, and He loves you so much, and He's waiting for you. He wants to walk in the garden again. Hallelujah with you. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So let's just pray. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your love, God. Thank you for the ministry of reconciliation, Lord. God, I thank you. Thank you for the truth, Lord God, that you have already forgiven us. That's part of our inheritance because of what Jesus did. We are already forgiven. We are already restored. We've already been reconciled to you, Father. That's the truth. Past tense. And what we have to do is receive. And so, God, I just thank you 
for hearts to see. Because it's one thing to know it. And another thing to see it. And so we thank you, Lord, that every heart would see that, God. That you love them. That you have brought them already back to that place of restoration, God. That you're always waiting with open arms. That they always have a place with you. God, we thank you for your reconciliation and your restoration for everyone in the name of Jesus. For eyes to see, God. For the strength, for the courage, God, whatever it takes for everyone to turn their face toward you, God. For everyone, God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your help in doing that. We thank you that you bring the revelation to step out into our God-given destiny in you. In Jesus' name, amen.